Welcome to session two of the Bebop Rewatch. Uh, this is a podcast coming to you from Wulong Talks, of course. Um, and my name is Jason. I'm hosting the show, and I'm joined tonight by Rich Reviews, aka the Rustin Kid, aka Rich Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up, man. What's up? What's up, people? Thank you for coming again. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for joining us again. Um, boy, well, it's been a little while since we've been able to get one of these done. Um, apologies for that, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way as it does. But don't worry about that now because we're here and we're ready to talk about session two because session two is awesome. <laughs> it's actually brilliant. Like, literally, it's one of the funniest episodes I think we've seen. I mean, this is probably <laughs> the first sort of foray into the comedy that, that we get with uh, Cowboy Bebop. And it shows you kind of how easily the show can switch between different genres and, and different styles. Um, as I said, I found this episode funny as hell. There's a really like good laugh out loud moments that we'll go through um, within the podcast today. But Rich, what did you think of the episode overall, man? Did you find it like funny? Did you find it quite touching? Or um, was there other things that you kind of took away from it? No, I loved it. Um, once again, it's, I can't lament how much I, I love this show um, and every single episode. But um, the thing that I loved about this show well, the thing that I loved about this episode is that this episode is completely different to the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, just completely different. Okay, it's like same characters, but then this was like the last one felt a bit like a, you know, Western. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The last episode felt a lot more like like had like Western kind of like feel like a Western feel to it with a bit of the you know private detective, which is the, the main base of the of the of the series anyway. But this one, it reminded me of the best, the best describe, it reminded me of like a comedy of errors. Mm. Mm. Like, you know, like, you know, where, where, you know, just certain scenarios are just set up in a particular way, almost pantomime like. Whereas, like, oh my God, where, wonder where this person is. And, you know, like the crowd is basically screaming, he's behind you. <laughs> this episode felt like that. Mm. But then on the flip side, it had some really, really like violent set pieces. That just kind of reminds you of, okay, fair enough, the last show feels like this and this show feels like this, but don't, you know, don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever forget that this show is still quite, you know, grounded in reality. Mm. And I think that little, little moments of like violence just remind you of that. Um, or even like, you know, like the day-to-day living, like we said, you know, it's about them just, it, this isn't like a superhero type of cartoon. This is... You know, two people that we that we've now met. This is their life on a day to day basis. Mm. You know, having to pay bills. So once again, in this episode, they're talking about being hungry. You know, it's, it's just that stark reminder that you know funny things happen, but you know, you know, dark shit. Dark shit's always around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about in the the first episode, you know, the their kind of hunger and, and starvation almost is is a running theme throughout because it's. Is, you know, if you've listened to the first session and you should have listened to it, if you're listening to this one, um, you know, Rich pointed out that, as he just said, that the, there's always a dark undercurrent with this show. And even though it takes a lighthearted approach to certain things that sometimes it's, it's still, you know, very much grounded in, in the reality of that world. And, and the fact that, you know, these are guys who are, who are basically on the poverty line. So for people who are supposed to be doing a, a, a job, they're, not very good at that job because they don't seem to be getting paid too often but um yeah you know the, this episode really does 
humor really really well and as you said it's it's kind of like it's a slapstick style of humor um which it, the show really doesn't have any right to be doing considering as you said what we got from the first episode which was quite a tense um you know intense experience and had lots of, of kind of dark western vibes um you know this one is is it still carries that that kind of western undercurrent in, in some of its influences and, and we'll get into that in the episode but boy like they really went for the jokes on this one and, and, <laughs> and the jokes work you know they all work really well because you're used to the seriousness of the first episode so yeah kudos to them man but um yeah let's get into talking about the episode itself um because it starts off with a bang um because we're introduced straight away to a character called abdul hakim um who we find out pretty early on is a thief um and not just any old thief but is a pet thief apparently um <laughs> pet seems to be worth like quite a bit of money in that world um and he has managed to to wrangle um some kind of animal from a what looks like a, a research facility um or from what we gather anyway early on in the episode it's it's uh, some type of lab where they're doing experimentation with animals um and the first kind of images we get of him uh, i just loved it rich because it was all it's all kind of framed from the back he's at the toilet yeah um, he's in the yeah circle, yeah and um he's sh- he's kind of shot from the bottom up so you get a, a sense of his you know his his imposing figure and the fact that he's quite a, a dominant sort of character and the way he looks as well he looks a lot um well we don't really even see his face at first because he takes off the bandages doesn't he and then he throws them in the yeah. um and then you learn pretty quickly on that um abdul hakim is somebody who changes his appearance often uh so the reason that his face was wrapped up is because he'd recently had plastic surgery done to change his features um and then he gets sort of confronted by these guys in white coats with guns whilst he's in the, the, the toilet um, who are saying to him, you know, come out and, and bring the um, animal with you and are basically threatening him. And he takes them out like they're nothing. And literally, <laughs> wrote down, Abdul Hakim is a badass. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just like, without breaking a stride, he takes these yeah. guys out, man. Four um, moves. It's four moves. Mm, mm, four moves. Four I mean, moves. Yeah. Rich, like the way this dude just just takes these guys out. Just just break it down, man. Show some nuts. So, so you know, see, so you know, you say you say you, you you keep on saying like how he takes them down. Me, listen, I don't think he took them down. He dismantled them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. Well, he was it was three men. It was three men basically standing in front of Hakim, point blank with guns. Three men. Mm. And basically, it's just the swiftness of it. It's one of those things where you don't... I mean, they actually... They, they, they do... They take a bit of a risk in how they film this actual fight. Because they actually don't feel that, like, you know, how they, they basically deal with action scenes, like how Hong Kong cinema deals with action scenes. Mm. Where it's quite a long shot, so you can basically see all of the action. And, um, and as the series of Bebop goes on, you're going to see some, like, amazing action scenes that put big-budget Hollywood movies to shame. But this scene in particular, it just shows you the. Once again, it shows you like how Shinichiro Watanabe directs. It shows you the whole thing of like how it's quite intimate in there. Mm. So that that means so that they're, they're literally in a toilet. So at the same time, you've got to think of like basically how the the scene is actually shot. 
it's shot in like a quite a cramped toilet so it's not, not it wouldn't even make sense to even film it like on a on a, on a wide shot so basically, if you film it close up, it shows you that like how how quick and how swift he has to be in regards to the people that he's actually facing. So I think basically he does like a, a left um, like a left kick to someone's shin that knocks that person down. Then he does like a, a chop to the neck for the other person. Then he does a punch to the other guy, and then the person that he chopped in the neck he comes back, and I think he kicks him in the stomach. Mm. So like you can just imagine how fast he's had to do that. But if I had to and. You, you kind of get the, like you said, you get that feeling that he's a badass so much that they had to film it like that, where it's literally just, it just showed the, the fist or the foot connected with a certain body part because he is that much of a badass. He is that fast. It's, it's fucking, it's beautiful how, how they, how they film that scene. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just amazing. Mm. It's like, what, what impressed me about it is even though it's short, it's the intricacy, is, as you pointed out, yeah. and the attention to detail, the fact that he, he targets specific body parts of, of mm. people in front of him for, for strategic reasons to, to get out of the cubicle quicker. Um, it's just, you know, like, it's just amazing that they put that much thought into how they're going to animate this scene, you know? Um, just, mm. just amazing. Mm. And as I said, it kind of sets the tone, really, for the, the, the whole episode, much in the way that they did with, um, you know, the opening of the first session that we saw. Um, it really does kind of set you up for, yeah, this guy, you know, this isn't a guy to be played with. Um, you know, Abdul Hakim can, can handle his when he needs to. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, and I, I just love that, man. I, I absolutely love that. And I love the, the way that they kind of styled the character as well, because he's got yeah. very kind of, um, it's a contemporary kind of style for that time period in, in which um, Bebop is set in. But also, it's quite classical in a way. Like he's got like a waistcoat on, and it's almost like he, he could be a character from a martial arts movie. Um, mm. And doing a bit of digging about him as well, I can uh, I can give a, a little bit of trivia, but we'll save that for later on. Um, yeah. But the character, yeah, he's just styled in a wicked way. He's got two hoop gold earrings. He's got uh, like a the afro going on. Like the dude is just cool, man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Really cool. You know, um, in terms of the, the the kind of the way he looks and, and, and things like that. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and then we kind of transition on from there into uh, into space um, and aboard the, the Bebop. Um, and we find out that Spike is is watching a TV show and it's our first introduction to the, the TV show Big Shot. Um, I like uh, Big Shot is just like it's kind of brilliant the way that the the tv show has been fitted within the the anime because it's um obviously a useful tool for the audience because it gives a bit of exposition and gives you a bit of background into who it is that, that the show is going to be focuses focusing on um in terms of the main antagonist um but it's really kind of like ludicrously over the top and it and it kind of feels like the type of tv show that you would expect to see in this day and age because it's it's glitzy, it's got stupid catchphrases in it, it's got like loud lights, they're dressed as, as um, cowboys in, in the TV show. And we get to meet the, the two hosts of the show who are Punch and Judy. Um, you know, we get the, the references there. Judy is, is very scantily clad, which obviously <laughs> is a reference to the fact that, you know, that's about what TV is, is these days. It's just people who are half naked you know, prancing about on the screen uh, because that seems to be the only thing that people are interested in watching these days. Yes, I'm looking at you, Lover. <laughs> um, 
and it just really kind of is in keeping with the the tone of this episode as well because um punch and judy are quite jaunty characters um rich go into a little bit about um the big shot tv show and and i said the kind of significance and and punch and judy themselves and how they're presented as well well the thing is well punch and judy the, the punch and judy show is basically it's a show that that's aimed at cowboys mm. so we know the cowboys that you know of, of, the, of the show but uh, we know them better to be but like basically uh bounty hunters so so that's what that's what they are and it's basically just them just giving them like bounty of the week i don't know there might be some i'm not sure if they even still show this show on you know and uh no in fact in fact i know they don't show the show but do you remember a show on, on that they used to show on sunday afternoons on itvj called um police five yeah man <laughs> yeah yeah and that basically was just like that i think he used to be like an, an ex-inspector and they presents this show and he just goes about crimes that happened throughout, throughout london so if you see this person just to report them to crime stoppers and then shit like that mm. and and that's what big shot is like it's just but it's, it's aimed specifically at bounty hunters saying like okay like this week we've got this person who's escaped or this person's got a bounty in the head so you can go and find them and, and xyz but the way how it's filmed it's weird because even after only like two episodes the universe that we've been invited to in cowboy bebop like I, we feel totally at home mm. is the, the weirdest thing you feel totally at home so when you're watching this show is like you have to take a step back and go like wow like i'm watching a show in the show but this show that they're showing is equally as entertaining as the actual show that i'm watching <laughs> as well mm. mind like you know it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> mm. and um and I, and I just like the fact that like you said that they're just two characters that are just, that are just over the top um, and it's, it's not even dissimilar to any type of, you know, TV show that you could probably find on TV now or back then, you know, this would be like the equivalent of, about, you know, for bounty hunters, but this would be the equivalent of like Euro trash on channel four mm. back in the day, you know, showing boobs and stuff and, but trying to quote unquote educate you at the same time or give you some form of information. It's like, yeah, but there's a girl with like, you know, boobs hanging out and this guy's got a funny mustache and it, it looks like this show's probably going to be dubbed. You know, with some fun, with some funny British accents or something like that, it's 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 just it's just a really really good show, and it, and once again, it just it shows you how much thought they put into this in into Cowboy Bebop, um, and it just reminds you of the reason why something like this has just lasted so long. The amount of thought and and ideas that have been thrown in, like not even just just in the forefront, but just like in a, in in a, in the background, it's, it's just wicked, and and that show is easily one of them because it's it's a recurring thing. And um, and it's not even the thing of just like you get some form of exposition from the characters. It's nothing like that. When we watch that TV show, it's basically because Spike is watching it. Mm. And you know, it's yeah, I, they, I, really, I love it. I love seeing that. I love seeing Punch Judy. Like, like just they, 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 they make me feel like I'm at home. So yeah. And I mean, their their greeting of of kind of howdy amigos is is something that you'll recognise from our website as well. It's something mm. we always use. Um, and if you always wondered why, well, that's where it comes from. So, yeah, now you know. <laughs> so, um, we find out that uh, whilst they're, they're watching the program Big Shot, that Abdul Hakim is worth quite a lot of money. Um, so obviously that's great news for Spike and Jet. And, and um, Spike and Jet are back on the bebop and struggling to kind of make ends meet as they usually do. Um, 
and they decide that they're going to go after this bounty because he's worth like what is it like eight million wulongs or something like that I think yeah 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 something ridiculous yeah it's something like really stupid um so you know because of this high bounty on his head it's like well we're up here starving um and you know this guy's out here worth eight million let's go get him um so they go down to uh, i can't remember the name of the planet that they go to um i'll try and look it up i think they were in space at the time um yeah yeah they were they were in space at the time yeah they go to mars so mars has actually been colonized at, at this point and it's mars they go to to find um or, or to go and try and track down hakeem um and you get a lot of, again of the the same kind of banter you got between spike and jet um in the first episode and um, you know, as you mentioned before, Rich, the, the food is, is never far away from their food. <laughs> That's where they start to first have the conversation about Peking duck as well, which is a conversation that keeps coming back to them. Um, I think Spike says he wants Peking duck or something like that. Like yeah, yeah, it is Peking duck, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what do you want to do with the money or something like that? And he's like, yeah, I want Peking duck. Um, and I love that because <laughs> he's just a, such a specific thing. And um, once we get to Mars, the most of the the planet we don't really see we we kind of land in um a town that, that doesn't seem to have a name but um it's very very chinese in its influence um one of the things that i noticed was that the the all of the street signs weren't in ikanji they were actually in like uh, cantonese yeah so there's a heavy kind of like um hong kong influence to it um, and the way that the streets are kind of laid out and stuff like that, it, it kind of reminded me a bit of, of some of the Hong Kong action movies that you and me have watched over the years. Um, mm. So clearly you can kind of see that that influence in there. Um, and it just, yeah, it looks like a, a, a living, breathing place, much like Tijuana did, um, you know, in, in the first session. Uh, it looks like a, a living, breathing place. It looks like a place where people kind of in, inhabit and exist. Um, and it's really, really beautifully done, you know, really, really beautifully done. Um, was there anything that stood out for you about Mars when, when you got down there? Um, no, like literally, basically what you just said is that it's just, it's just done in, you know, in, in, in such a beautiful, in such a beautiful way. And like, once again, it feels, it feels different, mm. but then feels like home. That's the thing. And then I like the fact, like, you know, like the whole thing of, you know, it, it's on Mars. They never really ram it down your throat. You're kind of given like bits and pieces of information as to the history of how this place is like how it is or how this galaxy how it is um so you see them obviously just come to land and you see like you know gateways and stuff like that and then you just come to mars and then you just forget mm. like to, to, to be honest it's, it's one of those things like i mean i've seen this well i've watched it you know this series like countless times and i literally just watched the, the episode obviously not too long ago so we can talk about it but um, once again you just reminded me that they're on mars because it, it just it feels like home it just it just feels the same mm. you know they, 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 there's no mention of it being terra firmed or anything like that it's just yeah mm. just just another town like if you if you missed the first part of this of this episode you could easily just think that the, the you know first and second episode took place in the same on the same planet just in a different area mm. yeah exactly. so yeah yeah exactly i mean the 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 details as you said that they put in make it so that it's um because it's not I, I guess it's not so much about the place it's about you know the people that make the place yeah um, yeah so even though there is um you know some kind of small details that we spot here and there um you know I, I i guess they want us to focus more on you know the the characters and what's actually going on mm. with them so 
it was quite smart, I think, to to do that, and you know, kind of a cool thing to do as well. But um, yeah, so we we get down to Mars, and um, Hakim makes contact with a potential buyer. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but he refers to himself on the phone as Snoop, which I thought was okay. I didn't, I see, yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I just caught that, and I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I'm so surprised by the, the mm. references, given what, how many we got in the first episode. But yeah, 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 it just it felt like, oh, OK, so this is a contemporary thing. This is, you know, something that's happening um, in recent times and that, that people are aware of. And as we know about um, Junichiro Watanabe, you know, he loves his music and he loves music of, of many different genres. Um, mm. And that's reflected in the soundtrack as well, which we'll talk a little bit about as well going forward. Um, but Hakim makes contact, as I said, with a potential buyer for um, his wares that he's stolen. Uh, and then he goes off into a Chinese tea house, it looks like, a, a sort of bar slash tea house. Um, and then he, he basically, he gets conned. Like, <laughs> gets conned by, like, one of the, the, the simplest tricks in the book, basically. Well, Rich, you can tell what happens. So you, you go ahead, man. Yeah, but, but basically there's one guy, like kind of like a Trump guy. Just, just chatting nonsense. Like you know, Hakim orders a drink, uh, and basically, this guy bumps into him and, and spills his drink. Then Hakim kind of gets angry, but then is prepared to kind of let it go. Um, but, but this guy obviously starts, you know, trying to get his attention, acting like a bit of a jackass. And Hakim basically ends up just squashing a cockroach and putting it in a glass and making this guy drink it. And while he's doing that, the guy, the guy's accomplice, steals a briefcase with Hakim's, you know piece of booty that he that he's basically just purchased but um once again like i said the whole thing as much as everything seems like quite a bit of a joke in this episode there's like start realisms of brutality that just happen and you're just like yeah this is this is kind of rough mm. and it shows you how it shows you how mean um hakim is as well like i said in the last fight when you see where he lands his blows or where he throws his blows he throws them at specific places that you know that could potentially like really hurt somebody or kill somebody so that like, you know there's one bit where he kind of kicks somebody's knee so you obviously you're, you're going to dislocate somebody's knee you know that's that's a leg effed up for like god knows how long one of you know one of the blows is to somebody's throat which can knock out or you know crush a windpipe especially considering his size so he's he's got that bully he's got that bully vibe to him and basically yeah this bit where he just grabs his cockroach like you know his cockroach crawling over the bar just smashes it with his hand throws it in a glass and makes this guy drink it and it's just it's just mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just mean. So, like, so once again, is is that like it, like you find throughout all of these episodes, there's always like there's two sides to everything. So potentially, we've got this guy who looks pretty, he looks pretty fucking cool. He looks like a cross between Jimi Hendrix and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or any other tall black basketball player. About me trying to send racist, like, <laughs> or, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, and a mixture of Lenny Kravitz. From the seventies, definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely one from the seventies. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what he looks like. Yeah, you know, with, with, with a little sprinkling and dashing of like Lenny Kravitz stone in for coolness, mm. and um, so you, you know, it's so like you said, so he looks badass, and then he's not somebody that you'd like to hang around with, or like someone you'd like to be friends with, mm. and he and he basically shows it in this scene in this bar, and it's just it's just fucking mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what what kind of like freaked me out a bit about that scene was when he grabs the the old guy's face, yeah, and forces the the drink with the cockroach in it down his throat you can hear him mm. kind of cracking the guy's jaw bones and stuff mm, mm, like, oh mm. that's that's like <laughs> that's deep man like you're literally here crack, 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 crack. and i was like oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 
made that's got to hurt and um you're right it shows you that kind of the meanness of of that world and as well as the meanness of of um of hakim abdul and how he yeah. he's just a man who like is not gonna have anybody stand in the way of what he's trying to achieve so yeah that was um that was a cool scene man <laughs> it was a nasty mm, scene. Mm. Was a cool scene. but yeah as you said he you know he falls for kind of the oldest con in the book in that um you know this old man has a partner and whilst he you know hakim is wasting time with this old man the partner picks up the suitcase and um out he goes um, and Hakim tries to give chase, but the, the guy jumps on the back of a, a dumpster and manages to get away, um, of a dump truck, sorry. Um, and he decides he wants to try and open this case, and he opens the case, and you hear kind of a growl as the case opens, but it's done very cleverly in a kind of POV shot, so you never see what's in the case. It's only seen from the young man's point of view. Um, and he's obviously not that impressed with, with what's in the case. Um, and then we get a, a scene where Spike arrives on Mars and um, is kind of doing a, a little bit of research um, and trying to do a bit of detective work so you get a bit more of the, the, the kind of private eye style um, storytelling that we got in the first episode where he's chasing this lead. Um, and we get a cool reference thrown in there as well. Um, you get the, the nunchucks. Um, which are a reference, I think the, the actual seller says they're originals from Way of the Dragon as well. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, which is, well, man, I mean, we, we shouldn't really need to tell people about Way of the Dragon, but really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just where the, school them. Way of the Dragon, basically, one of the, it's weird, it's because you might get some young people who watch Kung Fu now, I might go back to like, you know, old school Kung Fu movies and be like, yeah, this ain't shit. You know, like, I like the raid and, you know, I like, you know, Ong Bak. In fact, some people might even be still too young to, to you know, to, to have watched Ong Bak. Um, and like I said, I mean, those films, they're, they're, they're all like perfectly, you know, perfect, amazing Kung Fu films. But Wave the Dragon, starring Bruce Lee, if none of you guys have seen it, like, to be fair, if none of you guys have seen it, um, Turn the tennis off right now. Go watch, yeah. Go watch the Bruce Lee films, then continue watching Bebop. And then while you're watching Bebop, listen to the show. So we're all on the same page because this is the this is the equivalent to us talking about, you know, quantum science, and you're still reading Bill and Ben books or something like you know. But but we're just not going to be in the same classroom, man. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, different way. But yeah, man, like you know. Um, yes, but basically the the nunchuck is is a is a is a famous is it a chi chi I'm gonna have to ask you now. Is it, it's a Chinese weapon, right? Uh, I think it might be Chinese, and I think it might actually be Japanese in origin. Okay, okay, look at that. Yeah, I but, think but basically, like because it was based on like a farmer's um, tool. Yes, so you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, something that they used to to cut like wheat. to cut the crops down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it was kind of modified for um, to to use as a weapon. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, like uh, Bruce Lee, as you said, man, made that weapon famous. I mean, even yeah. if you go to Google right now and Google images of, of Bruce Lee, I guarantee you, you're going to get a, a, one of the first hits will be a picture of him with a pair of nunchaku um, because of you know how skillful he was with them. Um, mm. You know, mm. many famous. Uh, videos out there in, on YouTube as well of him, you know, wielding the nunchaku and showing off like what he could do with them. So, 
yeah, I mean, that was a very cool touch. I, I, I like that. That was a nice little reference. And it was one yeah. of the, a couple of Bruce Lee references. Um, as I said, we'll get to the trivia a little bit later on. But yeah, that, that, was, that was a nice touch, man. That was a nice touch. Um, so then what, Spike kind of finds out that he needs to go to this specific um, pet shop called Animal Treasure, um, where they kind of deal in rare and exotic animals. Um, and once we leave that scene, we then get the younger man with um, the suitcase trying to sell the, the contents of the suitcase to the store owner. And um, Spike manages to catch up with him and then pulls a gun on him. And um, there's a back and forth between him um, and the uh, younger man who's stolen the briefcase. And um, they eventually get around to opening up the briefcase or like after this back and forth. Uh, and we get our introduction to mm, probably one of my favorite characters in, <laughs> in Cowboy Bebop. But we get to meet for the first time um, our four-legged friend, Ayn. Um, now, he's not actually named Ayn in this episode. Um, I, I, it actually ends without them giving him the name. Um, but for those of you who've already seen Cowboy Bebop before, you'll know that, that this is Ayn, um, the dog. And Ayn's a very special dog. Um, he's a Welsh Corgi puppy, um, which I think is the same kind of dog that the Queen has, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is, yeah. She, she, she has oh, oh, well, well, I don't think she has them anymore. I don't think she was allowed, was she? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I remember for a long time she had Corgis, but I, I don't yeah, know yeah. she still got them all. I, I think she still does. Uh, I think she still does. Because I, 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 heard, I, heard I heard they were like, they were hard to get rid of, um, hard to get rid of, hard to get hold of. Mm. And so basically, like, she wasn't allowed to hold her to own him or something. That's something like that. Or maybe I might make it up. We'll, we'll Google it later on or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a look into that later. Um, and Ayn, is, as we said, find out, is a very special dog. He's what they call a data dog, um, meaning basically that he's genetically engineered to kind of carry information. Um, and as a result of that, he's got an intelligence level that's far above, you know, the average dog. Um, and he's just adorable when he comes out the case. You just want to like pat his head and, and stroke his chin and call him a good boy. Uh, <laughs> like, he really is amazing, man. Um, and Ayn obviously goes on to be quite a key character uh, later on in the series, but um, we'll go into that as the, the relevant episodes come along. Um, then there's like this really cool scene where basically kind of Spike and Hakim kind of pass each other at the same time. Because yeah, he yeah. Realizes that, um, <laughs> uh, that Ayn is, is just a dog, and so he kind of writes it off as, ah, he's worthless, you know, this is pointless. And, and as he usually does, um, he loses his temper and he's like, oh, I'm out here and bouts it. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, you get this cool scene where they cross each other's paths. And because Spike doesn't really know um, too well what Hakim looks like, um, he just kind of doesn't pay any attention to Hakim walking past him, who then goes into the pet shop and pulls another gun on this same young man who stole the briefcase, by which point the, the briefcase guy is like, Jesus Christ, like, what kind of day am I having? <laughs> Twice now. Um, and he then takes back, um, what well, he attempts to take back the uh, puppy, he attempts to take back Ayn, but all kind of chaos ensues. Um, loads of the pets manage to get free, and we get like a whole heap of slapstick in this chase scene. So, Rich, I'll let you describe um, the the first chase scene that goes on. So, so okay, so which was the, well, you're gonna have to remind me what the first chase scene. The first chase scene is 
Well, the first chasing is when um, Spike finally clocks on that um, something is going on because he hears the ruckus back at the pet shop. Comes yeah. back and then realizes that that's Hakim and that Hakim is getting away with Ayn. Um, so he goes after uh, Hakim and then they chase each other across um, the streets of Mars and then they, they end yeah. up the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So that's so where the bit where basically like like I said, it's just like a comedy of errors. So they're basically chasing each other. But then at this point, the place that um yeah, because we haven't even mentioned the two the, the, the two basically like researchers or the scientists oh, that actually were looking after. Yeah. 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 So remember they're running, so now they're they've basically figured out because there's a tracker on there. Mm. So they figured out where um where 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 the package is going with iron. Um and so they're running, and then Spike is like basically chasing Hakim who's got a dog but then once again like you've got people who are running past or, de- or running past each other or dealing with each other who don't know who each other is but they're all after this one thing it's just it's just so funny it's just like it's just what could happen in a normal day-to-day life you know you like you know you know, you know sometimes you get lost and you keep on passing the same person and you're like okay maybe just coincidence and then you get to your destination and like you're in the same class or something and that's what it feels like in, in this bit um but it's, it's the bit where they um, when they actually land on a bridge, and then this is kind of like something that you're, like I said, even after only two episodes, it's something that's already played on your mind after what you've seen Spike can do in the first episode, and what you've seen what Hakeem can do in the at the beginning of this episode, and then basically have a standoff, mm. and um, and it's done like when I watched it now, I, it did kind of upset me because you didn't really get like the payoff mm. that you that you wanted, you know, you, like you didn't really see them throw it out. And I'm not sure, I mean, do you think there's any particular reason why, why that actually happened? Especially, I mean, after like, you've got like the whole chase scene, whether there's a little bit of laughs in there or not. But then at this point, you think to yourself like, okay, well, it, potentially the episode could end here with like, the good guys caught the bad guy. Okay, let, let's see them throw down. And then they don't, and then they don't show it. Um, do you, why, do you, why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, you're right to point that out. That was something I noticed as well. I was quite surprised that they, they kind of cut away basically from the fight and um, show Ayn instead. Um, I guess maybe because they're, they're, they're foreshadowing sort of Ayn's importance to uh, the story later on down mm. the road and, and also kind of showing, because I believe in, in that sequence it kind of shows um, Ayn uh, is basically trying to dodge whilst the, the, the fight is going on and, and find a way to get mm. um, off the bridge. Um, and whilst they're, they're throwing blows, um, uh, a boat kind of goes under the bridge and that's when Ayn picks his moment and jumps off of the, the, the bridge onto the boat. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, yeah, maybe that's why they, they didn't do it. But yeah, you're right. It, it did strike me as a bit odd that they didn't go down that road. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was weird and it was a little bit of a downer. Um, I'm not going to lie because I did want to see like Hakeem and Spike throw it out because that, that would have been a fight but yeah we didn't get it unfortunately but we did get as said a very funny scene after that where um, as said Ayn jumps onto the, the boat um, and both Hakeem and Spike leap off of the bridge to go after him and literally you realise that Ayn just jumped onto the boat so that he could lure them both onto the boat so he could jump yeah. I was because the way it's like it's animated and everything as well, it's just perfect. And, and as you said, it's it's like a it's it's like the perfect kind of slapstick comedy because the two of them mm. are on the boat and then Ayn's just like, Yeah, see you suckers, and then jumps off. <laughs> and they're both like, What? <laughs> like, why didn't we just jump off the bridge then? Like, 
Um, so yeah, they end up, um, their spike manages to get off of the, the boat, uh, but ends up in the water. Um, and Hakim gets stuck on the boat, so the boat carries him down river. Um, and the end of the scene is is Ayn sitting on top of Spike's head, basically. Um, and Spike looking like a bit of a fool <laughs> because mm, he, mm. He gets and the dog has got the better of him. Um, so that was like kind of a really funny sequence. And listeners, when you watch it, like appreciate, man, because as said, again, the attention to detail um, and the comedic timing of it as well is, is really good. And it will, it will make you laugh because it definitely made me laugh. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to enjoy it, man. It's very funny. So we get like the, the traditional kind of episode break. Um, and then we get back. Um, we're back on the, the bebop again. Um, and Jen, Jet is, is now in the scene and he's giving a collar to Ayn. Um, that's also basically like a tracking device that's going to allow him to track um, Ayn. Um, you get to see the first glimpses of how Ayn and Spike's relationship is going to be as well, because Spike can't. <laughs> just like, <laughs> and it's like, um, I don't, he, he comes up with a line that's actually really good because it's a bit of foreshadowing as well for what's going to uh, come. But he says, um, I hate kids and pets. Um, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, I see what you did there now. <laughs> like, mm. you know, I didn't appreciate that before, but I see what you did there. Um, so as said, listeners, that's a bit of foreshadowing for, for what's to come. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really funny to see, like, kind of Ayn and um, Spike interacting. I think at one point Spike tries to hit Ayn and Ayn bites it or something like that on the hand. Yeah, 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 he bites it on the hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, it was very, very funny the way that that kind of plays out. Um, but yeah, they decide to use kind of Ayn as like a, a bait, I guess, to lure out Hacking. Yeah. Um, so they, Ayn and Spike go back to Mars, um, and Spike is left walking Ayn down the street, looking very <laughs> uncomfortable while he's doing it. And he just looks despondent. Yeah, he just looks like he's, he's wasting it. He feels like he's wasting his life. <laughs> like, <laughs> he feels so sorry for himself in that scene. It's just it's bit, mm. it's hilarious. And I think he says something like, oh, well, this is another great moment in the legend of Spike. So <laughs> or something like that. And it's just like, oh, throw up, man. <laughs> but yeah he's he's very funny he's very funny and then um we kind of get uh, a cut back to the scientists as well which um we didn't get to mention earlier on but um rich pointed out that obviously there are the, the scientists are still looking for this dog as well um and there's a group of them that seem to be in this van um this mobile van who are trying to track down iron as well and they're saying you know um they give you a little bit about iron's background and the fact that he's um you know a, a, a top secret research project and quite an illegal one as well um and you know they're both kind of sweating about the cops finding out and, and things like that um and it's funny because there's one guy who does all the talking and then there's the other guy who just says seems that way like whatever <laughs> <laughs> again it's like the stupidest thing but it's hilarious when you watch it because this, 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 I said this one guy who's doing all the talking and all the kind of, do you think, you know, it's this or do you think it's that? And he's asking questions and his answer, the, the other guy's only answer is, seems that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he only actually has a one other line, that, that, that scientist, the one who keeps saying seems that way. Like he literally only has one other line aside from that, which I thought was just funny. Um, and basically, Hakim takes the bait and, you know, he comes out of hiding and, and, um, he manages to kidnap 
um, iron. Um, the scientists decide they're going to use this dog whistle to try and um, attract every dog in the city, and then that way they're, they're going to find Ayn um, and capture him. And again, there's another funny back and forth uh, <laughs> that was just hilarious where, um, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the scientist who's driving and is doing most of the talking says, you know, um, let's use the dog whistle to try and capture the uh, Ayn. So they're like, okay, we're going to turn it on. So then the driver's like, have you turned it on yet? So then the, the scientist in the back kind of looks at him like he's stupid and goes, yeah. And he goes, but I can't hear it. <laughs> and the scientist is like, well, yeah, it's a dog whistle. It's too high pitched for you. Only dogs can hear it. And then the driver's like, after a pause, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I was just testing you. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> even I was, I was like, you don't really think you're going to be able to hear a dog whistle, do you? <laughs> like, <laughs> We all know that. That's Dog 101. You can't, you can't hear dog whistles. Only they can hear it. But um, yeah, that was quite, again, quite a funny scene and, and shows like kind of how skillful they are at, at blending in this comedy um, into the episode. And um, it doesn't feel in any way kind of out of place with, with the show, um, as you rightly mentioned at the top as well. You know, it, it just fits in with the world that we've kind of been dropped into and the world that they've created. Um, so yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I think Hakim steals like a car. I mean, I, I, do you remember like kind of what happens from here, Rich? I think it's like he steals a car, doesn't he, from a wedding or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, basically, he, he steals what looks like to be. Once again, you know, one of the things that that, that you did you did mention earlier on, Jay, is that you know, whereas like the first episode had that that whole Western vibe, this one's got. It's got a bit of a like a sci-fi, with let's say like. 70s black exploitation feel to it because mm. the car he steals it looks like a cross between like some form of like old school ferrari with a delorean with like gold doors mm. or seahawk doors and he yeah and he basically i mean once again like you said like every time you see like um hakeem doing any form of violence on the screen it's just brutal and it's almost like a vacancy behind his eyes because like he gets into the car <laughs> And they try to stop him, yeah, and he's not yeah, even looking. Right, yeah. His hand just comes out, and just goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just straight. But 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 he doesn't even stop what he's doing. It's like no. half his body is still basically starting the car, and the other hand is just like okay. Psh. And it comes back to help another side of the body. I'm going to close the door now. Okay, what are you doing, right hand? Okay, you're starting the engine. Okay, cool. Let, let's start moving. It's just, he's almost like he's, he's a robot. He's not, he's not human. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's too funny, man. That's too funny. It, it really is. And then, um, as I said, the scientists enact their dog whistle plan and, and try that. And predictably, like a bunch of dogs come running towards the van. Um, Ayn is there and um, Ayn pulls off another one of these brilliant maneuvers where he, he basically lures all these dogs behind him. They're all running mm. and um, just as the scientists shoot a, like a, a kind of hydraulic net to try and catch him, he dodges out of the way at the last minute and all these other dogs get caught, which I thought was brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and then I believe Spike catches up with him at that point. Um, and then uh, Hakim is obviously giving chase in the car he manages to, to nab Ayn and he sprays him with kind of like a knockout spray um, to send him to sleep. Um, and then Spike is like, oh, well, sod this. I'm going to give Chase in, you know, the swordfish. So we get the swordfish back again. Um, 
and then like the finale is just like funny as hell. <laughs> it just it just had me busting up um, because basically Ayn is in the car with uh, Hakim and uh, Hakim is piloting the the car and the car's steering wheel. If you can imagine it, listeners, it's like a car steering wheel, but it's got like loads of buttons on on the side. Um, and Ayn again is just a genius because he he times it perfectly. Um, as Spike is giving chase and, and kind of chasing down the car in, in the swordfish, um, Ayn starts pressing buttons on the uh, the steering wheel. And you realize when you look at it, he's not actually pressing random buttons. He's pressing yeah. like two specific ones, which are the ones that open up the, the, the kind of car doors, as Richard described them, like the DeLorean <laughs> car doors, um, which causes chaos for, for Hakim. Spike is able to kind of then um, almost ram his his car. Um, this is while the scientists are giving chase and letting off shots left, right, and center. But like stormtroopers, they're aiming this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I think they they crashed in front of the police station, isn't it? Right at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Yeah, literally, they, they literally go off a bridge, and where they land is basically right right on on the police doorstep. Yeah, so he lands literally on in front of the the, I, the ISSP, um, which is exactly where the scientists didn't want to end up. Um, and then you kind of get this follow up follow up scene, which is um, an episode of Big Shot with um, Hunter <laughs> Judy again explaining kind of what's happened and how they've um, crashed this vehicle here, and the police have kind of stumbled across this wanted criminal in Hakim Abdul and the scientists. Um, and have charged them with what they were doing. Uh, and you find out as well by a big shot that Ayn is not with them. Um, the next scene then is back on the, the Bebop, um, where you realise that you know Ayn has ended up with Spike and Jet on there, um, on the ship, um, and he's going to be part of home. And I think the last thing they, they reference is um, Fleas, is it? Or Ticks or something like that. He said, uh, I think... Spike says, um, no, Jet, sorry, says you've got to watch out for the ticks. And Spike is... Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last shot is just I nonchalantly kind of scratching himself behind the ear, mm. <laughs> which I love as well, because it just kind of sums up I'm the, the, the character and the way that he's done. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's pretty much the, the episode, I think, uh, all in all. Um, was there anything that I missed from there, apart from the other bits that you pointed out? Uh, no, 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 not even. I mean, basically, we, we pretty much saw the story and like the best bits. I mean, um, sorry, I've got a bit of a cough. Give me two seconds. That's right. <laughs> um, what, like you know, once again, we keep we keep coming, but we can keep coming back to the comedy of this episode. But one of my favorite scenes is the bit where um, I think it's Hakim, mm-hmm. where where he's looking for what's it called? Um, where he's looking? Or it's either Hakim or Spike, where they where they're, where they're looking for for um, and they kind of stopped by this almost like a tarot reader. Vendor on the side of the street, mm. and he starts trying to tell them like this in the future. <laughs> and he's like, That's Hakim, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Hakim, yeah. And basically, it almost sounds like to anybody who's standing, you know, who's seen it from the outside that this man is just talking nonsense, mm. but he essentially is talking the truth, which is something that I always, um, I also noticed throughout the whole show. The majority of people who are of a certain age, they almost have a certain form of like wisdom and mysticism behind them mm. even if sometimes they talk a bit crazy they always seem to be like well you know what? they've kind of lived it mm. like you know you may be in this new place and everything but that's essentially what it is it's just a new place but to us it's old you know like you know you can have like you know 
you know, terra- a terraformed part of, of Mars that looks like this, and it may be new to you, and you have all these adventures. No, life is just repeating itself. And it's one of those things that I, I, I always feel that you get from, you know, the, you know, the old guys. Um, I, forgot the, I forgot the guy's name, that, the, the three guys that are named after the oh, Spanish composer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah, it's like, like you, know, you know, when it comes to one of the later, later episodes, you see that they, they are actually badasses. But, um, but, you know, and then obviously in the first episode, you also meet like the, the shaman who speaks to Spike every so often throughout the, throughout the season or throughout the show. And then obviously you've got this guy sitting beside the road and he's saying something like, yeah, you're looking for something very, very special. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we know who he is, but you can see Hakim just say like, listen, you're, now you're just taking a piss out. You know, anybody can tell me this. And then it's a bit where he goes, um, the thing that you'll be looking for will be coming past you very soon. And then you just see the dogs running behind him, man. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. fuck, it's too fun, man. <laughs> yeah, and Hakim yeah. just vexed. Yeah. And I think he just kind of, and then at some point he just looks up and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. It, 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 as said, listeners, if there's one thing to take away from this this session, is as said, is it's very, very funny. So, yeah, you know, the first session may have been a, a bit dark and a bit heavy. If you prefer your your anime is a bit lighter with a light touch and a, and a bit more humor, then definitely um, session two, Stray Dog Strut, is is the one for you. Mm. It really is brilliant. Um, and and I, and I tell you, the other thing that I found funny is that you know the bit where. Spike basically ends up chasing Hakim after Hakim's kidnapped him for the final time. Mm. And like Spike is just like, I'm not having this. Yeah, I'm, ca- yeah. I'm getting this guy. And he's in the ship and he just looks bare disheveled. Like his suit's <laughs> got big, yeah. his hair's all wild. Yeah. And it's like, it's just thing of just like, it's yeah. More rumpled up, isn't it? Yeah. And it's got, and it's got, black, it's got black marks in it. And it's at that point, you just realize that, you know what? This guy's keeping, because I think he mentions the thing about the peeking duck. And it's just like, mm. I, don't, I don't care about this guy. I don't care about any stupid dog. Yeah. This guy. He's keeping the food away from my mouth. I want this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. Um, as said, listeners, like we can't recommend this episode highly enough, man. Go, go check it out. It's really, really good on, on so many levels. So, yeah, make sure you, you, you go and watch that one. Um, okay, let's do a quick bit of trivia. So there's a couple of things that I've pulled up again from our trusty friend, Bebopopedia. Um, okay. If you want somewhere to go to kind of check out um, extra background details behind the episodes and things like that, then Bebopopedia is really, really good. So just type that into Google um, and that will pop up for you and you'll be able to get some details there. So some of the um, homages and references, um, we talked a little bit about Bruce Lee and um, earlier on you mentioned uh, Hakeem looked a bit like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, according to the, the website, that's exactly who he's based on. He's based on mm. Abdul Jabbar, um, and specifically from you know Bruce's movie Game of Death. Um, yeah. So you can kind of see the the resemblance there when you, mm. you factor that in mind, and, and you look at the character and the way he kind of carries himself, and even the way well, the thing is he. Well. Yeah. Well, the thing is he um, the character that Abdul Jabbar plays in Game of Death is is actually called Hakim. Yeah, so yeah, so like, I mean, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes you get like a slight reference or homage. I mean, I think, I think that the love that they have for Bruce Lee in, in, in this show in, 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 in total is actually quite, it is very apparent mm-hmm. and in quite a few things. Yeah. And I think it's one of the things where it's like, they're just like, you know what, we love it that much that we're not even going to try and do like a little homage to it to make us look cool. We're basically going to show you. We're, we're, we're gonna we're basically gonna we're gonna spoon feed you how much we love this. So 
even if you don't know what it is, you're going to have to go and search search for it. And if you don't want, and if you do know what it is, you will basically know that, you know, this isn't any form of ripoff. We actually just love it. And we just, we know we can't top it, but we're going to try our best to try and do our own version of it. And that's the thing that I like, I like about Hakeem. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's no ifs or buts. You just like, the minute you see Hakeem, man, and you hear the name, you're just like, yep, I know who you're meant to be. That's, that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, like even now to the bit where, you know, with the whole nunchuckers and it's the, the homages to Bruce Lee, I, I just, I just, they're actually quite touching, mm. you know, yeah, considering that, you, yeah, you know what I mean, considering that you get quite a few other animes who, uh, who always make allusion, you know, um, so, uh, uh, you know, make reference to that, oh, well, you know, I like this film or I like this series. And I just kind of just, just touch it, you know, briefly touch upon it. But this one, it shows homage and it just shows you how, how far they're willing to go in you know reference to make their show a better show you know that, that that's the thing that, that's what i love about this yeah i mean it, it it is i mean as as we said you know in the preamble episode um this show blends a lot of different genres and, and styles together um which is why it's kind of so enduring um there, there's something there for everybody and everyone can take something from it um you know and one of those things that he manages to do is to pay homage to uh, so many of the classics from from popular culture and from movies that um, are things that you know we still enjoy and reference today. So, yeah, it was very cool, <coughs> very very cool. Um, apparently, the title of this episode is based on uh, a song called "Stray Cat Strut" um, by a group called yeah. Stray Cats. Um, so, and okay. Stray Cat Strut, uh, Stray Cat Strut is one of their popular songs um, from their album. That was released in 1981. Um, what else uh, have we not covered here? Oh, yeah, this one was quite interesting. Um, Spike actually uses a line uh, in the in the show called "A Fistful of Wulongs." Um, he yeah, a fistful of Wulongs in, in the show. And yeah. um, we found it. Well, I found that quite interesting, obviously, because it's a reference to you know a fistful of dollars, the old yeah. film, the classic. Um, but apparently, according to Bebopopedia, this is only used in the English dubbed version. Um, in the Japanese original, um, there's no reference to, to that line. So presumably that was something that was added with a view to appealing to, you know, American audiences and to Western okay. audiences when it was released. So, so yeah, I thought that was quite a bit interesting. Oh, so what, what was the original line? I don't know. I wasn't able to find out. Um, there, there's no kind of um, reference there. I mean, they, they, I could probably track down the original script, but yeah. um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he, he says something completely different. Um, yeah. And I haven't seen the, the Japanese version of, of this one or the original Japanese um, soundtrack for this episode. So I don't know what, what he actually says instead of that. Um, but my guess, if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably something more culturally Japanese. Um, that he says in, in that period. And then, you know, they said they changed it for the international market um, when they, they did the yeah. version. But, but yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and also, apparently, the dog catcher's van um, with the scientist, um, its license plate reads NC-1702. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that code. <laughs> yeah. that, that, isn't, that, isn't that the code for the enterprise? It is indeed, yeah. Bang on. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually the code for the Starship Enterprise listeners. So those of you who are Star Trek fans, um, you probably would have recognized that code immediately. But yeah, that's the original Enterprise's code um, that was used there. 
Um, and so the last kind of thing that we found here is that, oh yes, the, the Martian city, so as we kind of pointed out, it's heavily kind of Chinese and um, it's influenced. Um, the bartender that Abdul Hakim speaks to has um, speaks with a, a kind of Chinese accent, I guess you would call yeah. it. And in the um, original Japanese uh, dub, apparently it's a, a Chinese actor who speaks in Chinese and Hakim speaks Chinese back to him. Um, so yeah, it just kind of feeds into the, the idea that it was, um, you know, very heavily kind of influenced by uh, Chinese culture. Um, and that the mm. city is, is very much kind of like a Hong Kong um, star city, I guess. Yeah, so um, that's it, man. That's it. So what's your, your takeaway from this uh, session, from this episode, man? Um, that I, I can't wait to watch the third, the third episode. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's something which is done, like, quite... Is, this is something quite cleverly done. Because, I mean, you, you may not realise it now, but we've been... Well, well, I mean, obviously we do, but people who haven't seen the show, but we've essentially been introduced to a new character mm. on a bebop. So we've been introduced to like, you know, we've introduced to Spike, we've been introduced to, you know, to Jet. Um, and the, as far as we're concerned, they're the mainstays. And when we go into this show, we, we generally just think it's just going to be about these guys mm. just doing their thing. Like essentially, like, you know, it's, it's, you just think to yourself, oh, well, it's just going to be every single week, just, you know, Jet moaning and being a bit of like a father figure and Spike being a bit of a, you know, hothead and, and, a, and a young cat and them really not getting on, but getting on in their own special way. And that's it. And then now you've just got somebody who's been thrown into the mix and it's not your usual type of character, which would be like, you know, like a, a woman, another woman or a woman or another man or a small child. It, it's a Welsh, it's a dog, not even like a special dog, like an Alsatian. It's a Welsh Corgi, you know, it's a Welsh Corgi. You know, one of those, like, you know, one of those dogs that, like you said, the only person who you've ever seen of this dog ever is like the queen. That's it. You, you know, you don't walk past, you know, you don't go to Baxi's dog home and like, oh yeah, can I have a Welsh Corgi, please? No, they'll be like, that shit costs money. <laughs> so like, so basically now we're watching a show about bounty hunters who in this era are now called cowboys and they travel across the universe, hopping from planet to planet, which has been terraformed and certain planets now look like other places that used to be in Earth that was destroyed. And they've now had a member join their crew that is a Welsh Corgi. I want to know what they were smoking or taking when they started writing the show. <laughs> yeah, man, because they were obviously on some good shit. So yeah. <laughs> we definitely want to hook up on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, my takeaway is much the same as yours, man. I'd like, as I said, Ayn is, is one of my favorite characters. I mean, I love them all. I love all the people. You know, listeners, I'm sure you all grow to love them as well as, as you carry on, you know, this experience with us. But um, I'm, I've always loved um, just because he's, you know, he's cute, he's smart, he's resourceful. Um, and he just, yeah, he, he's just the best, man. He, he's one of the best yeah, yeah. TV animals I've, I've come across, you know, like one of my other sort of, sort of favorite dogs would the littlest hobo from you you remember yeah <laughs> um and the dog from that i can't remember that dog's name though <laughs> like, yeah no that's yeah no, that's because he didn't have a name though remember remember he, he was given a different name every single episode yeah, right. by, like, by like some orphan kid or something or some kid that was blind yeah. 
But yeah, man, Ayn's got his own name. He's got his own like character traits. He's he's carved out his niche in the show, man. Mm. Real. Um, yeah, he's definitely a star and, and one to look out for in, in future episodes too. So um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring more about Ayn and, and all the other characters. Yeah. In fact, I've got one more thing to mention before we before we go. Um, the use of color yeah. in this, and um, when I mean when I mean color, I'm talking like you know, Hakim being you know a, a black yeah. and um and then obviously like um punch from um big shot yeah. being black yeah, as well yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah which is and, and i mean it, it's weird because it shouldn't be a thing but then obviously when you notice it, it is a thing yeah. and but even one of the gangsters that um uh, yeah i think one, no, not one of the gangsters i think somebody in the bar who's drinking who does um when hakeem goes into the bar i think there's somebody of some form of color but you know there's there's all different types of races that you're seeing throughout this show. Mm. So we've met like Native American. Uh, we've met, you know, we've, we've met old Chinese. We've met, you know, the lady who actually owns the pet shop. Uh, the pet shop. She looks like she could be a number of, of things, but just not your normal run of the mill, you know, American Asian kind of character. Mm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so I, I, did, I did find that really, really interesting and, and quite easy in the eye. And but once again, it makes the universe of bebop film that feel that little bit more real where you're just seeing people of all, of all different types it's it's, it's you know it's, it's it's really really good it's, a, it's ahead of its time like you know, we, one of the things we're going to keep on repeating is that this is a show that was made quite some time ago um yeah yeah, yeah so 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 when, so seeing sorry second the original airing date sorry because I, I forgot to mention that the original airing date for this episode in japan was the 31st of october 1998 um so um yeah <laughs> a long <clears throat> time ago um 20 years in fact mm. um so yeah you're right it, it just goes to to sum up your point basically yeah you know the show's there yeah because i mean because i mean at this point um i mean the anime i mean unless people can you know any 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 of you listeners can actually like tell me any shows or movies that might have come out that have, might have portrayed you know people of various races then by all means by send it through because i'm not saying that it didn't exist but it's, it's, it's few and hard between few and far between that I can remember seeing anything like that apart from this. Um, I mean, we're st- I mean we're still talking about when Bebop was kicking off. I think basically Dragon Ball in the West was kicking off, and it had characters that were essentially had black traits, but you know they might have blue skin or green skin. It's like Piccolo, who's a is a you know a fan favorite in, in Dragon Ball. You know for a fact if they if they ever change it to like humans, Piccolo's like Ving Rhames. Oh, yeah. Or Michael Clark Duncan or something like that, you know, and um, and yeah, and I think what else? There was there was something else, um, or like Appleseed, which is a famous, you know, like a really famous manga and anime in, in uh, which has been running for quite a few years, um, and the one of the main characters called Brarius, but before he gets changed into a cyborg, he's he's of African American descent, like true African American descent, mm-hmm. and the writer basically said that, you know. He was, you know, he wanted to display all races throughout a, a medium which he he loved reading about. But because he had traveled a bit, he wanted to like try and put some of his travels into the story. But when they translated Appleseed onto actual anime, whether it be the TV show or the, or like a TV movie or the CG animated series, Boyarius started off as white, and then they kind of gave him a bit like a Latino look to keep him still with like you know have certain features. Which is weird, but I mean, so, you know, so like, and that wasn't even too long ago, um, when they when when they kind of gave Barreras like the Latino look. But like I said, you're watching Bebop '98, and you're getting like all types of races. 
it's, 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 the show is, is, is ahead of its time. I keep saying now it's ahead of its time because it's still doing stuff now that hasn't been done, you know, like, you know, now when, which is like the newer stuff that's coming out. So mm. kudos to it, man. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Alfredo, I, I, I just quickly looked it up while you're talking there. Um, apparently he is Latino. Um, who, who, who is? Uh, sorry, that's Punch's real name. His real name is Alfredo. Uh, oh, is Alfredo. Oh, yeah, she said, yeah, I swear she says it. Oh, it's Latino, yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so that, that's his background there. But yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it just goes to show what you were saying, really, which is that there's a mm. diversity of, of the people um, involved in, in this show. Uh, and we'll definitely yeah. see that further down the road as well in other episodes. Um, because he does, you know, the, one of the things that um, Wantanabe does with these is he makes it feel very real and very grounded. Mm. All kinds of people who who inhabit this universe, and and we will meet them, listeners, going down the road. But yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, we're going to have to wrap this one up. Um, thanks a lot for having a listen with us. Uh, do make sure that you like our Facebook page. Um, we do have a Facebook page set up, and if you want to leave us any comments about the show or where you're at with the episodes or what you think of the episodes, then please do. Um, wherever you find this podcast, you, you should find a link um, that will send you straight through to our Facebook page as well, so you can check that out. Um, all right, Rich, uh, let's call this one a night, man, and, and move on from this one, because, um, yeah, my throat is dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a common theme, this. this is a common theme. If you listen to our other podcasts, you know my throat is always running dry, but yeah there you go <laughs> so yeah we'll we'll call this one done and we'll head on to session three we hope you'll join us on session three as well look out yeah. on social media and we'll let you know when that one will be going up um yeah rich let's say good night man so you could say good night uh see you space cowboy mm-hmm. indeed and good night from me and yeah we'll see you space cowboy uh take care of all of yourselves and we'll see you again real soon peace